Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Wanting to go to, to Rome and God wanted him to go to Rome, but before he got there, he went through a lot of different trials and shipwrecks. And at this point, he's there because he was accused of something he had not done. They were going to let him go, and the Jews said, no, uh -uh." uh-uh. So he had to go to Rome, which is what he wanted to do anyway. So while he was there, he had told people he he, he was there to speak to them. So they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what... I'm sorry, but what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves, began to leave as Paul made this last statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said, through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. God, thank you for a chance to be in your house, to worship you, to share together uh, in song, to offer our needs and our concerns before you and up to one another that we might lift them up to you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for a chance uh, to celebrate your love for us. And Father, we want to even now lift up those whose hearts are breaking, whose lives are in turmoil, who, who when they cried out to you, they didn't hear your voice and they They're afraid. This morning, Lord Jesus, we pray that they would hear your voice. That they would hear that you've come. And that you desperately want to be a part of their lives. Lord Jesus, uh, help us to make space for you in our lives today. As we open your word, help us to hear your voice. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except by your grace. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory for you, our God and our King. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I was listening to all those uh, requests for donations, and um, I I was thinking, wow, you know, we're really pushing uh, this year. Uh, But it is thanks. What do they call that? Thanksgiving. Next week starts Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about this year being the year of Thanksgiving. I hope that this year coming up is a year of Thanksgiving for you. That's a commercial uh, so that you can be prepared. We're going to celebrate what God is doing uh, by offering thanks to Him, to one another, and doing that in some tangible ways. Um, I also want to make mention that there is a table out here, right outside the door here, um, with some literature, some books on it. That's all free. Okay, no donations accepted. That's all free. Um, And in the front table, when you come in, there's a basket of candy, and if the kids haven't emptied it, 
That's all free. And there's a little stand there with some booklets that might help you if you have a special need or struggle right now. There are booklets that help with that. Those are all free. And then you can also, if you really are not real tech savvy and you can't find the podcast, you can get today's sermon on CD. And that's all free. Okay, so I want you to know that we're not here always asking for something from you. We're hoping that God fills you, and we also want to offer unto you because God has blessings uh, innumerable for you today, and and I hope that you're open to that. Um, I I just want to say one thing as we start this morning. Uh, Wake up! I was worried about that. I noticed some of you were kind of, I know you had a rough night and you were up late and what have you. Uh, This morning we want to talk about eye openers. Eye openers. What gets your attention? What opens your eyes? What gets you going? What what, what gets you started in the morning? I know know it's that caffeine-filled whatever that you put in your body destroying it so that you can be awake this morning. That's what puts you to sleep for you, Kenny. Kenny... (coughs) Somehow we always knew you were different, but that's why we love you. That's why we love you. Uh, This morning, I just want to say, wake up, church. Uh, Have you been paying attention? Uh, It's exciting as you read through the book of the Acts of God to see how God is at work in ordinary human lives. He's at work in the lives of his people. And I'm excited for Women's Sunday because it reminds us of how powerfully God is at work in the lives of the women of God. Because God uses women in some incredibly powerful ways. Um, and and it, it always amazes me on Women's Sunday, you know, um, they, they help us lead worship and that's great. Um, but every time I see these ladies, I think, yeah, I remember when they stood for God. And when, I remember when God did this in their life. And I remember when God worked powerfully in their lives. And so I'm excited on Women's Sunday to see God continuing to work in the lives of the women of faith here at Greenfield Baptist. Now, here's the other thing, though, uh, that I, I see in a lot of women, not all women, I don't want to, you know, this is always a touchy subject, you know where I'm going here. Uh, but I, I often hear from women, like they feel like they just don't, quite get it you know they're just not quite good enough Um, I think some of that's being a parent being a parent's tough stuff isn't it Uh, and especially I'm afraid I think moms carry a larger burden of that because they bore this child and so somehow they think that the choices this child makes uh, often directly reflect upon them and you and I both know that kids make their own choices and as they get older you can't stop them from making those choices and so for some reason uh, the ladies frequently feel like they're just not quite good enough I want you to know ladies that God is working powerfully in your lives powerfully in your lives and you may not feel it right now but we don't have a God that we trust based on feelings. We have a God we trust based on faith, and it's different. It's not how you feel. How's that? That's, um, I, I, I just, I, I really, I, I'm excited about what God is doing amongst God's people. And so it's not just in the book of the Acts of God. It's, it's in the book of the Annals. You ever read Kings? I love Kings because, you know, it gives you a few things that one of the kings did. I'm talking book of Kings and 
in Scripture. It gives you some of the things. And then it says, the rest of they, what they did, is it not written in the books of the annals of the kings? Yeah, it wasn't quite scriptural, but God was still at work amongst them. And so I, I, I would love to have uh, a chance to kind of read the annals of the books of the, not the kings of Israel, of the people of Greenfield Baptist Church. And see what God's been doing. Because I've heard little bits and pieces. God is at work amongst God's people. I hope God is at work in your life. I hope you're beginning to see that God wants to be involved in your life today. That he wants to make a difference in what's happening in your life. That he's not just waiting for some other time. He is wanting to be involved with you today. Now, the other thing I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but eye-openers frequently happen in the midst of the struggles of life. Correct? I, I, I find that I see God at work most often when I am struggling at my, my greatest. Is that, I don't know, that's probably poor English. But when I am struggling the most... That's when I, first of all, I have no other choice but to rely upon Jesus. And second of all, I begin to see Him at work in more powerful ways because I am struggling. The Apostle Paul once said, it's in our weakness that He is strong. And it's true. I find when I'm at my weakest point that I have to trust in Jesus and all of a sudden I begin to see Him. He has revealed His power is revealed in my life. Partly, partly because I stopped relying on me and I started relying on him a little more. Partly because it's in the midst of the struggles that my focus begins to change. My eyes begin to open and I begin to focus and I want to see God at work. Now, sometimes in the midst of the struggle, you don't see it. And I, I just want to be clear about that. But in the midst of the struggle, you have a choice to make, don't you? You have a choice whether you're going to trust in God and continue to walk in faith. And I want to be very clear about what I'm saying today. I want you to hear that you need to walk in faith. Notice I didn't say stand in faith or sit in faith or do nothing in faith. You see, frequently when hard times come, we call out to God and we expect God just to fix it. You know, God, I had a heart attack last night. Please fix it. Now, God gave you doctors and hospitals and people who care and know about your health and know how to deal with that, and yet you want to sit there and have God heal you. God, just heal me. Well, wait a minute. When are you going to do your part? When are you going to step up to the plate and step out in faith, to walk in faith, not sit in faith, not stand in faith, but to actually step out in faith. You see, I've, I'm getting more and more convinced that God wants to work in our lives, but He's waiting for us to take a step of faith. Instead of just standing there waiting for Him to fix it all, step out and then watch Him work in a powerful way. There was a lady named Natasha. She was in Washington, D.C. She got married at 16 years old. Probably not the best choice, but she didn't have the best home life. She was hoping for something better. She happened to marry a guy who was abusive. They had two kids. She lived in Washington, D.C. She found herself abused for 20 years. She stayed in Washington, D.C. being abused by this man. 
After 20 years, she heard a voice in the middle of the night simply say, go! She had to make a choice. She got up in the middle of the night, she got her kids, packed them up, they, they climbed in the car, and they left. They drove to Los Angeles, all the way across the country. She had no job, she had, she had saved a little bit, so she had a, a little money to get them there. She got there, they lived in their car. But she knew she had to make a choice. So rather than saying, well, God saved me from this, she heard God say, go, she went. And yeah, things didn't necessarily look better. Now, from her perspective, she'll tell you they were a little better. At least she and the children were not being abused every day. But they were homeless, living in their car in a parking lot. She happened to land in the parking lot of a of a hair salon. Actually, it was a men's hair salon, of all things, that had decided that men also might enjoy manicures. Now, this is beyond me. She became a manicurist at a men's hair salon. Now, does that make any sense? Do you know what? She did so well that over a couple of years, she became national director of training for this men's hair salon. National director of training. She also uh, developed a body, organic body lotion that she marketed, and she now has a nice house, takes care of her kids, and she is walking knowing that there is a God who loves her and cares for her. She could have stayed in that abusive relationship and said, God, please save me. God, please save me. She could have heard God say, go, and she could have said, I'll go if you save me. But instead, her first response was one of obedience. You know, single moms are incredible people, folks. They, they are incredible people who, who work incredibly hard. And they're willing frequently in the midst of a horrible situation to step out and see God do great things. You see, too often we just wait upon God instead of stepping out with God. So that's the introduction. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, And thank you, Joy, this morning for reading because uh, and for sharing us the background because I I want you to know that Paul's life was not a bed of roses. Paul stepped out in faith, and frequently when he stepped out in faith, he ended up in jail. And in this particular occasion, not only did he end up in jail, but he had to, to, to be able to continue his ministry because he was sure they were going to try to kill him. He he appealed to Rome, which meant he had to go all the way to Rome. And on the way to Rome, because God was with him, because he was being faithful, because he trusted God, there was a storm. Now, you see, that's just the opposite of what we frequently hear. Right? If you're, if you're going to be faithful to God, everything's going to be unky-dory. But that's not what the Scripture teaches if you're faithful to God, someone said if, if you're in the middle of God will, God's will, that's the safest place to be. That can't be more wrong. If you're in the middle of God's will, you're probably in the most dangerous place you've ever been in your life. But it'll be the most exciting and you'll see God at work in the most powerful way. Because you see, when you're in the center of God's will, the enemies of God are immediately striving to attack you to put you off course. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came this morning? <laughs> But I do have good news. 
You know, in the midst of this storm, uh, the, the ship actually was shipwrecked. And yet God came to Paul and told him it was all going to be okay, that he was going to save everyone on the ship. Now, we think of that, we think that's great. What you forget is all the cargo was lost. And you see, in our minds, we immediately think, well, what about all that cargo? But you need to understand that God isn't concerned about what you have. God is concerned about who you are. God is not concerned about what you have. God is concerned about who you are. We spend a lot of times in our lives amassing things. God doesn't care what you have. God cares who you are. Where do you stand with God? And Paul stood firmly with God, and God saved him. As a matter of fact, God not only saved him, but the whole ship, because Paul was faithful. Imagine the people God would save if God's people would simply be faithful. They finally get to Rome, and it's not like Paul can just walk around and share. Paul is under Roman guard, constantly a guard with him. It's not like it's all good stuff. Now, Paul, because he has faith, sees God at work and says, hey, this is a great opportunity. First of all, this guy can't leave. (laughs) You see how that works? By the way, have you ever been in an elevator? Mm, I love elevators. Because people can't leave. Which means you immediately have an opportunity. One of the things I love to do when I get on an elevator, I love to stand facing the people rather than the door. You want to make people uncomfortable? (laughs) Boy, I tell you, they get nervous right away. And I always think, what can I say, God? What? What can I say to to encourage these people, to let them know that you love them, to connect with them in some way? And I love it when the person or persons that got on push for the top floor. Because there are times when I'm not going to the top floor, but I'm going to the top floor. Because it's just me and them for all eight floors. This is when I wish I lived in a city so I could get in the skyscrapers, you know. (laughs) Oh, we got 55 floors, buddy. (laughs) You and me. Let's go for it. You see, because Paul saw opportunities, that God was offering opportunities, even in the midst of the struggles and the trials. God was walking with him. He was walking with God. And in so doing, things were happening. God was at work in powerful ways. Are you with me? This is exciting stuff. We haven't even got to the best part yet. You see, God is at work in your life. And God was at work in Paul's life. And here he is, he gets to Rome, first thing he does is he finds believers, and they worship him. I don't know, that's not what it says. What it says is that he gave thanks to God, and then it says that they encouraged one another. By the way, that's what worship is all about. If you came for other reasons, well, I'm glad you're here, but I want you to know that you can give thanks to God because he loves you, and you can encourage somebody else. By the way, notice I didn't say that church was about judging whether the pastor or the musicians or worship was all that. Worship isn't about whether you know, the prayer requests were well heard. or um, Worship isn't about whether the video guy got it all right. We, we have a great video guy, so it's not usually a problem. Uh, but I, and I know that because I had to do that yesterday for the association meeting. Man, I hate that. Do you know how hard that is? 
This is an aside, but do you know how hard the video stuff is? And I'll tell you why. You think, well, that's easy. All you got to do is push a button, right? That's all you got to do is push a button. You, you got not only hit them in the right order, but here's the thing. You start singing, and especially if you know the song. All of a sudden you realize, hey, we're five slides beyond the last time I pushed a button. And somehow you got to catch up. Uh, and then everybody knows. And Ike does a great job up there. We don't have that problem uh, when he's up there. But when I'm up there, we, we have all kinds of struggles with that. <clears throat> That's all on the side. How did I get off on that? I, uh, so, so worship is about giving thanks. Worship is about uh, encouraging one another. And, and just lifting each other up. And that's what worship's about. And you need that when you're facing the struggles and trials of life, correct? You need to be reminded that God loves you and you can thank Him for that. You need to be reminded that God's at work in your life. Hang on, begin to look around, step out in faith. God is at work. I say this over and over again. You gotta hear it again. Don't give up. It's way too easy to give up. But when you give up, you don't see the power of God in your life. The Apostle Paul was always looking for an opportunity. He called the Jewish leaders together. Now you have to understand the Jewish leaders had only heard some things about this sect called Christianity. And this is what they heard. Christians are bad. That's what they heard. Now, that's important because in our world today, you need to know when you step out that door, there are people in this world who will tell you Christians are bad. As a matter of fact, that group is increasing in our world today. It's amazing to me that the people of God who love others, who are constantly giving to others, who are constantly trying to help others, are frequently seen as bad I'm not sure what that says about our world, but I know what it says about us. It means that we need to be twice as vigilant in serving God every day, every moment, because people are watching us. The Apostle Paul calls them together, and he wants to open their eyes. He wants them to see something different. He wants them to see what God really has for them. And the first thing he tells them about is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is an incredible thing. And we frequently think of the kingdom of God as that thing that's going to happen when we die. You know, pie in the sky when I die by and by. But I got good news for you. You see, the kingdom of God doesn't start when you die. The kingdom of God starts in your life when you decide to be a part of the kingdom of God and ask Jesus to come into your life. All of a sudden, you become the part of the kingdom of God. And what happens is, the kingdom of God is almost like when you, when you go out early in the morning. My dad used to do this to me. It drove me nuts. Now, now I think of it fondly. Think of that, fathers, by the way, when you do things that drive your children nuts. Sometimes it's a good thing. When we would go to camp, my dad was always up early. Now, back in those days, if I got up by noon, I was doing well. I, I was one of those, you know... I'd stay up half the night and sleep most of the day, da-da-da-da. And we would go to camp. Well, you had to get up by, I think it was 9 o'clock if you wanted to get breakfast. And so my family had to be up by 9 o'clock. But my dad was up at 5 o'clock because the sun was going to come up. And now I understand that. I didn't understand that back then. Now I understand that. And he at camp, 
when I should be able to sleep in and relax and enjoy, we would go to family camp. He would wake me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. He'd say, hey, you got to come see this. I'm like, Dad, I don't want to go see it. Come, come on, come on, get up, get up. And of course, with my dad, it wasn't like, um, do you want to get up? <laughs> you know. No, not bug you. He'd say it twice, and if you didn't get up then, it was ugly. <laughs> yeah, then, then you knew you were in trouble. So we'd get up, he'd get me up, and we'd go down to the lake. Now, we went to Lake Louise Baptist Camp, and we'd go down to the lake. And, of course, at that hour of the morning, the lake was perfectly still. Not a puff of air, not a wrinkle, not a wave. And as you looked out over the lake, what you saw was dual images. You'd see the tree line and and the, all, all that was on the other side, the beauty of the other side. And then right in front of you in the lake was the exact same image upside down. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that? On lake? It's, it's awesome. You, you know what I discovered? You don't have to get up at 6 to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, I don't, I don't want to hurt you or nothing. But, uh, <clears throat> but that's what the kingdom of God is like. You see, the kingdom of God is happening in all eternity with God Almighty in heaven. What's exciting to me is that the kingdom of God is also at work here on earth in our lives today. And they mirror image each other. And by the way, for those of you who really struggle with the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, I get it. I struggle with parts of it. But what I've seen over the years is there's a reflection. As you read through it, you begin to see that what's happening in heaven is affecting what's happening on earth. And what's happening on earth is reflected in what's happening in heaven. That's part of what the book of Revelation is all about. God is at work in your life today. It's awesome. That's why when Jesus was here, you remember when Jesus walked on this earth, he pulled his disciples together one time and he wanted to teach them how to pray. You remember that? Uh, we don't do that here on a regular basis. We, uh, when I was a kid, we sang, said it every Sunday. So it goes like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next phrase? Good, good. Some of you still know it. Yeah, listen very carefully. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. You see, Jesus understood that when he arrived, he inaugurated the kingdom of God. It was now at work on the earth. The power of God was available to God's people. God was at work in his people beginning to transform our world. Now, I know you've been reading the newspaper, you've been watching the news, and you're saying, man, our world is a mess. You're right. Isn't that awesome? Because you see, what it's doing is it's making very clear that there's a difference here in this place because God is doing incredible things. Yesterday was our association meeting, um, and I'm not a big fan of association meetings, but I got to tell you, something exciting did happen yesterday. Uh, you see, there's, there's a church in Erie that wants to join our association, which I think is awesome. And, and the most awesome part of that is that this church is one of the largest African-American churches in Erie. And the reason why I think that's exciting is because there are brothers and sisters in Christ, and I I love to worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ of all different ethnicities and all different uh, ages and all different uh, um, thoughts and and movements of the Spirit. And and, and what's exciting to me is in our world, the problem in our, one of the problems in our world today is people are being separated. White people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. 
But in the kingdom of God, all those people are just stinking, not stinking people, but just people. We're all simply people. And so when we welcome them into our association, do you understand what we're saying? We're saying, this is our brother, these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We want the world to see that we stand together for Jesus. We're not separated. We're one in Him. They're awesome people, and they're doing great things for God in Erie. And we're awesome people, and God's doing great things through us <coughs> out here in Greenfield. You see, do you think I'm excited? This is what the kingdom of heaven is all about. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. It's at work in you. And it's time to start praying again. Lord Jesus, your kingdom, come into my life. I want to see you do great things. Remember, if you want that, you've got to step out in faith. You can't just sit here and say, God, please do something great in my life. You've got to start looking around. He's at work all over the place. Jump in. Get involved. Jesus used to tell stories. You remember the stories he told? He told all kinds of stories. We call them parables. Fancy name for stories. And when Jesus told stories, they they always connected to what was happening in people's lives today. And we too often miss it. But Jesus often started those parables with, the kingdom of God is like. Now, what's fun for me is in the book of Mark, it's the kingdom of God is like. In the book of Matthew, it's the kingdom of heaven is like. And you understand that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same. It's happening here. It's happening there. So the kingdom of God is like. God is at work. In our world, he's changing our world because of people of God. And he may not be changing it in huge, vast movements, but he's certainly changing it one-on-one. He's using you to change the world if you're a part of the kingdom. And here's the key. You're a part of the kingdom if Jesus is your king. Did you notice that the Apostle Paul didn't just talk about the kingdom of God? He also talked about Jesus. And the reason why he talked about Jesus is because Jesus is the king. You don't talk about a kingdom without talking about the king, right? The king is the most important person in the kingdom. Because without the king, the kingdom falls apart. And so Jesus is our king. And Jesus did some incredible things. He showed us what being a leader is all about. And it's found in the law and it's found in the prophets. And Jesus fulfilled every part of it. And this is what Jesus showed us. That if you want to be the strongest leader, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must humble yourself and become a servant. The prophet Isaiah had spoke about this new servant king that would come. He'd spoke about him over and over and over again. And Jesus fulfilled every piece of that. And when the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how can we be great? We want to be a part of this kingdom. We want to be great in the kingdom. We want to sit at your right or sit at your left. We want to be number two, right below Jesus. Jesus said, you want to be first, be last. You want to be greatest? Become servant of all. And then he said, then he went to show them how he loved them. And he did that by washing their feet. Do you see how Jesus has given us an example? You want to be a part of the kingdom? Be a servant. Serve those who don't know. Serve those who won't receive it kindly. Serve those who will persecute you, laugh at you, make fun of you. Serve those who would look at you and spit in your face. That's what they did to Jesus. 
And on the cross, what's Jesus say? Father, forgive them. Incredible. The kingdom is made up of servants who change people's lives because they're willing to serve Jesus in whatever capacity he calls them to. And I've discovered in my life that Jesus frequently calls me to places I don't want to go or to changes I don't want to make or to things I'm not sure I want to do. But when I follow him, I see him work in mighty ways and it doesn't matter anymore because he's doing great things. What's happening in your life? I got a whole bunch of other stuff, but we're done. Because you see, Paul goes on and talks about how people aren't seeing and they don't know. And they aren't seeing and they don't know because they've closed their eyes and they've shut their ears. And this morning, I'd hate to have, or I would hate to hear, that you have closed your eyes and shut your ears. You see, if you close your eyes, you won't see what God is doing. And you'll never experience the healing in your life. And if you close your ears, you won't hear him calling to you. Telling you the next step so that you can keep moving. And you won't experience the power of his grace. The power of his love. As he works in and through you. Sharing with this world that's so lost. So afraid. So broken. And I know what happens You see, we feel lost and afraid and broken because we are. We're just like them, except that Jesus has come into our lives. And as we allow him to work in our lives, we stop looking at our brokenness and our hurt and our pain, and we begin to allow him to lift us above it that we might be serving him in a higher kingdom. You see, it's no longer about the struggle we face. It's about God's hand at work. It's no longer about the pain that we, hurt, we feel. It's now what is God doing to bring that to fulfillment. 2 Corinthians 1 uh, has just an interesting phrase in it. Can you find that, Ike, up there? I don't know if you can find that. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 6. And I just want to end with this because I think this is so powerful. It, it, you know, we don't always understand why things happen. And we may not understand until the kingdom comes. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 3, Ike's going to get that up for us any minute. See, I'm putting him on the spot. Do you see it, Ike? (laughs) I I think it's on slide 14. How's that? Oh, there it is. This is what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can feel great and be excited and live this incredible life. No, that's not what it says. It says so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort with which we have received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Boy, we could preach for a couple hours on that. But I want you to hear something. When you struggle, when you face the trials, when, you don't feel, when you're not feeling good enough, when you think that, that life has just become too difficult or that there's no hope, what I want you to hear is that the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is at work in your life. 
And you may not see exactly how right now, but as you open your heart to him, he will begin to comfort you. And as he does, he will then give you the ministry of comfort to someone else who's struggling in the same way. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen it in this church. I've seen it in other churches. I've seen it among the people of God. As they experience God's kingdom at work in their life because they step out to reach those who have experienced the same brokenness and hurt that they have. And now they know that God is at work. Not just in them, but through them. They're a part of the kingdom. What about you? Are you really a part of the kingdom? It begins by confessing Jesus as your king. What that means is that you say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give you my life today. That's where it starts. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to become a part, a, a servant of the almighty God. That's where it starts. And when you start there, you begin to see God at work. That's what he wants to do in your life. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't see God at work in your life, then find someone else who's experiencing God right now. Talk with them, especially if they're facing the same struggle or trial you are. Talk with them. Let them pray for you. They've been there. They'll pray with you. They'll encourage you. And then give thanks to God because he's going to start working in your life in a powerful way. Now, be ready. I'll end with this. Be ready. It may not be where you want to go. But it will make your life worth every minute. Let's bow for a word of prayer. So Lord God, uh, there's so much here. And you have stepped into this moment to, to call us to, to be faithful to your kingdom. And there are some here this morning, Lord, who sometimes play the game. They, they want to they want to be a part of the kingdom if it means that they are recognized or if it means that they receive something awesome or if it, rem- if it means that, um, that they'll get ahead. This morning, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would step into our lives and help us to truly submit to you. That we would stop looking at ourselves and start looking at you. We pray for those, Lord, who look at their lives and wonder why. Who are struggling with purpose or direction. Who, who wonder sometimes if you even care. Who have cried out but haven't heard your voice. We pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would speak clearly to them. and That they would step out in faith. We pray, Lord Jesus, that they would say yes to you. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we would say yes to you this morning that we would be willing to allow your kingdom to work in our lives as we step out, as we don't sit back, but actually reach out, step out, take a chance, believing that you are at work and that you want to work in and through us. Lord, we pray for our world. It's so broken. We pray for our neighbors. They're hurting and they're crying. And Lord, sometimes it makes them bitter and angry. Help us to share with them your love. Use us this week that we might see your kingdom increase that we might be the acts of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.